Take this, receive this, and receive enlightenment on how you can minister to other people. Amen? And, and if you live to be 100 years old or however long you're planning on living, you're going to need this. Because there's going to be some things you're going to have to stand against, right? All right. So, Father, we just for this next few moments tonight, we give you praise. We give you glory and we give you honor. We thank you, Lord, so much for what you're doing in this local body. We thank you, Father, for the will of God to be done in every person's life in this church. Father, we think about the youth as they're at youth camp this week. We offer a supply of praying in the Holy Ghost for them right now. Go ahead and just pray in the Spirit or pray in English and just believe God for the will of the Lord to be done in every service. Father, in the name of Jesus, may your holy presence... May your Holy Spirit minister to our youth and minister to the youth that are there. Anoint Brother Donnie. Anoint all of the speakers. Oh, Father, we just surround them with our faith and with our love. Father, we pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like our youth have never experienced before. Lord, just saturate them, Lord, from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. And may they be changed by your presence and encouraged in the Lord as this time, as they come together for this time. And we praise you now for it. We give you glory for it. We honor you. We thank you for revival in our youth. Oh, we thank you for revival in our church. And we give you glory, Lord. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. One thing that I forgot to mention, Sunday night we're going to be taking about 15 to 20 minutes and talking a little bit about our, our trip that we just had to Samoa. And uh, we're going to be dressed in Samoan clothes. I'm not going to be wearing the lava lava, so don't expect me to wear it like I wore it one service over there. Uh, but we will be wearing some Owen clothes, and Brenda's going to be narrating and then afterwards preaching the word. Amen? We are a church, I believe, that is reaching around the world. Amen? Glory to God. All right, let's look at Luke chapter 5, and we'll get into the word for a little while tonight. Luke, the fifth chapter, and uh, notice with me our text. In verse 12, and it came to pass when he uh, was in a certain city, behold, a man, he was full of leprosy, who seen Jesus, he fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He's like so many people that know beyond any shadow of a doubt that God is able, but they're not sure about his willingness. Well, Jesus set the record straight right there. And in verse 13, and he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, and let's read those next words together, I will be thou clean. And the Bible says, and immediately his leprosy departed from him. Think about it. The great I am, the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. The great I am, the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. The great I am that when the soldiers were looking for him and asked him, who was he and was he this person? He said, I am he. And they fell under the power. The great I am said, I am willing. That's awesome. And you know what? He has not changed his mind. He is not wishy-washy, but he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he was willing then, he's still willing today. Amen? 
And there is a harvest of people outside of these walls that need a touch from heaven. And you and I have got hands, and we can lay our hands upon people in the name of Jesus and expect the great I am to do what he said he would do in his word. Amen? We understand and we know that healing is a part of our redemption. You see, on the same day, in the same body, Jesus Christ not only bore our sins, but he also bore our disease. And I love how the prophet Isaiah said it. He said, surely he has, that's past tense, borne our griefs. That's sicknesses, literally, in the Hebrew. Born our griefs and carried our sorrows, literally pain in the Hebrew. So he's saying he bore your sickness, he bore your pain. Oh, glory to God. Surely, I like that, that's positive. He's borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. We did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. And then it goes on to say, he was wounded for our transgressions, that's our sin. He was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or the punishment needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. He was our substitute. And then it goes on to say, and with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. That's awesome. So healing is in the redemption. And tonight I want to talk to you a little while about our covenant of healing. Now, when you look at the word covenant, the word covenant could be defined as a a formal, solemn, binding commitment. A formal Solemn, binding commitment. The covenant that we have with God is everlasting. And healing is a part of our covenant. So let's go back to Exodus chapter 15. And let's refresh our souls with some great basic truths tonight. Perhaps this is new to some of you. Praise the Lord. So it will be planted in your heart. Perhaps it's something that you've heard throughout the years. Well, it's going to be watered in your soul. Amen? But we know that it's God that's going to give the increase. Now, notice with me in the book of Exodus, in chapter 15, and look with me at verse 23. Exodus 15, verse 23. And when they came to Marah, of course, this is after the Red Sea was parted and that they went over. They could not drink of the waters of Marah. You know, it's not a great day when you don't have water to drink. And they let the Lord know about it, believe me. They could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. bitter. Therefore, the name of it was Marah, literally The name Mara means bitter, okay? Now, notice in verse 24, this is one thing we never want to get caught in. We could say it this way, we never want to do this. And the people murmured. They complained against the leadership. They complained against Moses. And they said, what will we drink? How many of you know that doubters are oftentimes complainers? Complainers walk around with a chip on their shoulder. They're sad. They've always got a bad report. And oftentimes they come against the leader or the leadership. They come against even God himself. And they are not going anywhere in life. 
But when you're in faith and when we are in confidence and when our trust is completely in the Lord, there's not going to be an element of criticality or complaining about us. But rather, there's going to be an air and an attitude of gratitude. You will find that people that really have their trust in God are not going to walk around doubting. They're going to walk around thanking because they know what God's already done. And they've got a history and an experience of God doing great things for them already. And their attitude of gratitude says, well, if he did it, then he'll do it again. We serve a God who will do it again, but he will not just do it again. He'll do it again and again and again. And like my good friend says, he says, faith does not complain, but faith rejoices, gives thanks and is glad. Are you going through a difficult time? Are you facing walls of Jericho? Are you facing some bitter circumstances? It's not the time to get bitter. It's the time to get better. Because we have a better covenant established upon better promises. So let us leave the land of Mara. Let us leave the land of bitterness. And let us enter in, glory to God, with thanksgiving. And rejoice in spite of what's going on around us. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. And so in verse 24, they murmured. Say, I'm not a murmurer. I'm a praiser. And he cried to the Lord. And what did the Lord show him? This is a prophetic word right here. This is a prophetic picture. Moses cried unto the Lord. The leadership went before the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree. Come on, somebody. The Lord showed him a tree. Did not our master, the Lord Jesus Christ, hang on a tree? The Bible says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And so the Lord shows Moses in the midst of all that bitterness, he showed him a tree. Which, when he had cast the tree into the waters, come on somebody, the waters were made sweet. Woo, glory to God. That'll preach right there. The bitter circumstances of life are made sweet by the cross of Jesus Christ and by the blood of Christ that was shed for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Can something that is malignant, can something that is cancerous, can something that is toxic be turned from a bitter circumstance to a sweet victory? Hallelujah. You better believe it can, because the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. The cross of Christ is still alive today. He is the resurrected one. So trust him with your life and apply the blood and apply the cross of Christ to every bitter circumstance that you face. He can turn a bitter disposition into a sweet person. The bitter things of life, oh, he can turn them around and he can make them sweet. 
You see, He dealt with the bitterness for us. We could say it this way. He became bitter (laughs) so you and I could become better. Glory to God. He became bitter so that you and I could have a better way, a higher way, a God way, a love way, a way that never fails. Thank you, Lord. Can a bitter life, can some bitterness in your life, maybe some unforgiveness, maybe someone's done you wrong, can that be turned around? And can your life once again be sweet? Where you wake up in the morning and you don't have a heaviness in your chest any longer. Where you go through life, praise God, with ease, with grace, and with mercy. Oh, friends, don't let any root of bitterness into your life. Don't allow it to develop a root in your life. Because as sure as it develops a root, it can spring up and hurt you. Take the blood. Take the cross. Know that he was cursed for you. And even though things don't always turn around overnight, we have a hope in God that the bitter things are becoming sweet. Amen. Is that all right tonight? Can God take a bitter marriage and make it better? Can God take some children that have rebelled and have tasted of the the spirit of this world and are walking around in bitterness and in loneliness and all sorts of rebellion? Can he turn their lives around and make their lives a sweet smelling aroma of victory through Jesus Christ? You bet he can. And if he's done it before, he will do it again. Because he is our God, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Say with me, I'm serving a God who makes bitter things sweet. Okay, so, verse 25. And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there... He proved them. Now, the word proved is covenant language. He proved them. In other words, he made a statute. He made an oath. He made a strong commitment to them. Now, it was up to them whether or not the commitment that God made to them would be vital in their lives concerning what they did in the next verse. Notice with me in verse 26. And he said... You see, covenant has, is a two-way street, God's part and our part. And he says, now look, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and the word hearken there means hear with the intention of being a doer, and will do what is right in his sight. In other words, not walking around in this life doing your own thing, living for yourself. No. But do what is right in his sight. We do know that there's a lot of things that are right in his sight. And he says, I want you to do that. And if you give ear to my commandments, and if you will keep my statutes, he said, I will put literally in the Hebrew, I will permit none of these diseases 
which I have brought upon the Egyptians. Come on, somebody. He said, because I am. I am. Not I was. Not I will be someday in the sweet by and by pie in the sky. No, he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. This is one of these great I am statements. And we talked about some of the great I am statements earlier in this message. But what he's saying, as sure as I am that I am to Moses, I am the same I am to you. As sure as Moses went before Pharaoh and Pharaoh said, who sent you? Who is this God that's going to deliver you? And God says, you just tell him I am sent you. He's the same I am to the children of Israel. And he says, all you've got to do is line up with my will for your life. And he said, I am that I am Jehovah Rapha. Literally, I am thy physician. Now, we don't have a lot of doctors today that make house calls anymore, do we? Now, you might in the country. You might down in Oklahoma and you might in Texas. I kind of doubt it because there's a lot of medical clinics and there's a lot of hospitals. You got to go see the doctor. So there's not a lot of doctors making house calls, but I know one that still, come on, makes house calls. Come on. I know one that still makes house calls. And you don't have to dial 911, 9-11. You can call unto him, Jeremiah 33, 3, and he will answer thee. And he'll show you great and mighty things. Hallelujah. He still makes house calls. And I like that, the fact that you and I are the house of God. We are the temples of the Holy Ghost. And so Jehovah Rapha is visiting you tonight in this message. And he will visit your life. All you've got to do is come into alignment with the will and the plan of God. I love it, don't you? He said, I am. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am. Now, the word Jehovah or the name Jehovah means this, the self-existent one, <laughs> the self-existent one. In other words, Jehovah ain't dependent on no one else. Come on, somebody. Jehovah ain't dependent on some other power because he is all powerful. Jehovah ain't. Dependent on someone else being present because he is omnipresent. Amen. He said, I am the self-existent one. And I am the one that heals you. You know why you are what you are today? You are what you are because he is. You know why you can say I am healed? Because he is your healer. Do you know why this earth is today? This earth is the way it is because he is. I love it, don't you? And so in your confessions and in your declarations and in the communication of your faith, 
You can say whatever God said about you according to the word of God. You can say all day long, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am healed. I am an heir of God. I am. And just fill in the blank. Just let the word of Christ just come bubbling up on the inside of you. Amen. And so I am Jehovah, the self-existent one. And then let's look at this word Rapha. Everyone say Rapha. Now the word Rapha means to mend, to heal, but also it means to restore to normal. If there's anything unnatural or abnormal going on in your life, Jehovah Rapha can mend it, he can heal it, he can restore it to normal. You might go to the doctor and they say, there's something not normal going on in your blood. Well, Jehovah Rapha, hallelujah, can make that which is not normal return to a state of normal once again. Come on, somebody. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the self-existent one, the one who mends. And not only does he mend bodies, but he mends broken hearts. He mends broken dreams. He can mend some of the absolute difficult disappointments you've had in your life. He is a mender of broken lives and of broken dreams. Amen. He says to you tonight, I can and will restore you completely to be normal. Oh, hallelujah. We need to thank him for that. Hallelujah. I call myself mended. <laughs> I call myself healed. I call every no organ and every tissue in my body normal. I call it function in the perfection to which God created to function. Jehovah Rapha is working in my life. You just have to excuse me a little while while I, I preach a little, you know. We just got back from Samoa and I gave everything out I had, but I'm getting some of it back now. I'm hitting my stride once again. Glory to God. I'm back in the Holy Ghost glide. Amen. I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to declare the words of life. Say it strong. He is Jehovah. He is Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord that heals me. Amen. Glory to God. 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 The world said, well, that's just not normal. Well, we know the one who can take what's not normal and make it normal again. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Turn me to Exodus 15 or 23 now. And let's look at verses 25 through 26. Just a while. We're just going to preach just a while tonight. We're going to get fed on the word of the Lord. Amen. Now, notice this in Exodus 23. And uh, I'm not sure where to begin, so I'm going to begin in verse 23. That'll work. 23, 23. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods. He's talking to the kids. Amen. Nor serve them, don't go after their works. But thou shalt utterly overflow, overthrow them, and you'll break down their images. Amen. I'm in verse 24, and that's, that'll work too. Thank you. And he says, here's what I want you to do. Verse 25. 
I want you to serve me. Now, if you look at this word serve in other translations, you will see that the word serve there means worship. Understand this, that your service unto God is an act of worship. You showing up on time to your station of service and you giving it all that you got is an act of worship unto the Lord of Lords. Amen. Hallelujah. You being in church tonight, you being faithful, it's an act of worship. And God says, in my covenant, I'm going to do something special for those who serve me. For those who will seek first my kingdom. For those who will not play around with the spirit of this world. I tell you, my covenant is going to be activated in your life. And he says, and you shall serve the Lord your God. And what will he do? And this is his part. Our part is serving. Our part is worship. And he, the great I am, he's going to bless your bread And he's going to bless your water. He's going to bless your bread. He's going to bless your water. In other words, he's going to bless the food that you eat. He's going to bless the water that you drink. And then he says, and I, not only that, not only am I going to bless what you eat and bless what you drink, but I will literally take sickness and disease away from the midst of you. For I, I am, come on now, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that takes sickness away from the midst of you. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. Serve me with everything you got, and I'll give you everything I've got. I'll quicken your body when you're tired. I'll restore your soul. I will cause you to be refreshed, rejuvenated, revived, and on fire for me. Woo-hoo! So service is a qualifying factor in your covenant to having the very best of the best that God has got for you. Let's pull that up in the New International Version, if you may, if you will. God is saying to Israel, if you'll just be obedient, your bread and your water is going to be blessed. Your burgers, your fries, your broccoli, your cauliflower. Whatever you eat is going to be blessed. Your water that you drink is going to be blessed. And I'm going to take sickness. I'm going to take it away from the midst of you. Now notice this. Do not bow. Worship the Lord your God. Didn't I tell you? Worship. Worship the Lord your God. And his blessing will be on your food and water. And I will take sickness away from you. Now look at verse 26. Did you wear your shouting clothes? Verse 26. Hallelujah. And none will miscarry. Pregnant women, you can stand on that. If you have miscarried, well, let God do a new work in you. Amen. 
and none will miscarry or be barren in their land. Now read the rest with me. And I will give you a full lifespan. I'm going to run right now. I'm going to give you a full lifespan. And your life isn't just going to be in front of the TV. I'm not going to give you life so you can wile your time and waste your days. But I'm going to give you a life full of me, full of power. I'm going to give you a life that's worth living. The King James Jamar says, the number of your days you're going to fulfill. And I'm telling you, he that would love life and see good days... Let him or her be a worshiper of God. Let him keep his lip in grip. Come on now. So that he can see good days and enjoy the fullness of the blessing that belongs to the children of God. And so, as servants of God, we are to pray over our food, are we not? Because the Bible says that the Food that we ate is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Now, I want to teach you something for a few moments tonight in closing. This is really important. Because millions of people on the planet, millions of good people, millions of people that are going to heaven just as sure as you're going to heaven. But they're not informed according to scripture. And millions of people will... Take what I have just read to you of Exodus 15 and Exodus 23, and they'll say, well, that's just for the Jews. And that's just for the children of Israel. Come on now. That's, that's just for them. Well, we need to define then who is a Jew. I got news for you. I'm a Jew. And so are you. <laughs> so the people that say it's just for the Jews and it's just for Israel, they're talking about us. Pastor, I didn't know you were born in Jerusalem. I wasn't. I was born from above. Now let's prove this in Scripture, shall we not? And this is what we'll prove as our final points tonight. Now notice with me, are you tracking with me? Let's look at some scriptures. Romans chapter 3, verse 28 and 29. Brother, that's just for the Jews. That's just for Israel. Well, that old song and that old dance won't dance with me any longer. And not only that, but that old dog won't hunt. You've got to line things up with scripture. In Romans chapter 2, verse 28 and 29, we're going to take a little exercise in the word. It says, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. He's talking about the new man in Christ. But he is. Those that are born again is a Jew. Which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God. That's you. That's me. Now look at Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. I got a holy sweat going on. You should have seen me sweating over in Samoa. 
We're going to show you some pictures. It's holy sweat. We could have bottled it and sold it in the bookstore. For half price. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Romans chapter 6, verse 9, verse 6 through 8. Not as though the word of God has taken none effect. For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Verse 8, that is, they which are of the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Now look at Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Romans the fourth chapter, the 16th verse. Notice this with me. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Says, therefore, it is of what? It is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that which only, which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now look at Galatians chapter 3. And let's look at verses 7 through 9. Galatians, the third chapter, verses 7 through 9. And then we'll look at verses 26 through 29. I just wonder, did you wear your happy clothes tonight? Did you wear your shouting clothes tonight? I'm ready to shout right now. It says, know ye. He wants us to know something here now. Therefore, that they which are of doubt... No. They which were of complaining and moaning. No. They which are of faith. That's you. And that's me. The same are the children of Abraham. Verse 8. And the scripture foresees that God would justify the heathen through faith. Preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in thee shall all nations. Say all nations. All nations means all ethnos, all ethnos, all those that call on the name of the Lord shall be blessed. Verse nine. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Now look at verses 26 through 29. We're building on something here. Verses 26 through 29. For ye are all the children of God by what? In Christ Jesus, verse 27. For as many as of you who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor what? There is neither bond or free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one where? What makes us one? Christ Jesus. Verse 29. Here it is. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and you are an heir according to the promise. Just like he was Jehovah Rapha for them, he is Jehovah Rapha for you. Amen. Now, let's keep building. Look with me at Galatians chapter 6 now. Verses 15 through 16. It's good to know these scriptures and it's good to have them in your arsenal should you face a person that doesn't believe that this covenant 
is for those in the New Testament. Verse 15, it says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but what? A new creature. Look at verse 16. And as many as walk according to this rule, listen to this, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon <laughs> the Israel of God. We are part of the Israel of God. Now look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 7. Galatians 4, verse 7. So do you see then that there is no difference between bond or free, male or female? We're all one in Christ. This is a covenant that we have with a covenant-keeping God. Notice in Galatians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Now, you and I in this New Testament, this new covenant, we are no more called servants, but we're sons. Are you listening? That doesn't say we don't serve, but we serve out of sonship. And if a son, then we are heirs of God through Jesus Christ. Now, let's just ask ourselves this question. If God wanted his servants, natural Israel, to be healed, wouldn't he want that for his sons? Now, let's close with Hebrews 8, 6. Hebrews, the 8th chapter and the 6th verse. Hebrews 8, 6. Read it with me. Ready, read. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant and it is established upon better promises. It's a better covenant for the sons than it was for the servants. I'm going to say that again. It's a better covenant for the sons of God in the new covenant than it was for the servants in the old covenant. It's a better covenant. We don't lose any of the benefits of the Old Testament. We're free from all of the curse of the old covenant. Plus, you and I now have the nature of God. Plus, we've got the Holy Spirit of God. Plus, we have the name of Jesus. Plus, glory to God, we got the gifts of the Spirit. We've got the indwelling power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. We got everything the hand in the old. Plus, plus, plus. I'd rather have a hundred dollar bill than a ten dollar bill any day of the week. And that's what I want you to see that in the realm of the Spirit, you're a hundred dollar bill. You got not only the ten, but you got the full corn in the ear, baby. And it's all because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Amen. Let's stand up and rejoice. Amen. Say it with me real strong. I've got a covenant with a covenant-keeping God. Thank you, Father. Lift both hands up right now. Oh, Father, we praise you.